0: Hey, bear team here, boys. Yes, sir. We're back. This is the point. My name is Brady Pointer. Cowboys got the victory over the over the weekend on Sunday over the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to talk about that. Review that game, of course. You know, week 2 of the NFL is now Done and dusted. We're going to talk about some games that caught my eye as well. Um, Yeah, first we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. winners 20 20-17, Greg Zerline. Game-winning field goal that was good from 56. That could have been good from like 60-something. Like the dude had plenty of leg on that. Really redeeming himself from his issues week one. So, yeah, good. glad to see that. Love a Cowboys win. Dallas played well. Uh, they really relied on the run this game. Uh, Dak was efficient. He didn't, they didn't you know, give 50-plus attempts like they did in Week 1. They didn't need to. They took what the defense gave them. The defense let them run the ball, and Dallas took advantage of that. Um, you know, Dak was 23 for 27, 237 yards, one interception. Justin Herbert, 31 for 41, 338 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And the run game for Dallas was what was key. Pollard was amazing. 13 carries, 109 yards, one TD, uh, 8.4 yards per carry. It's ridiculous. Uh, Zeke, 16 for 71, one TD, four and 4.4 yards per carry. So he was really good as well. Um, yeah, he was efficient with his runs. Uh, four and a half yards a carry. You'll take that anytime you can get it. Um, Zeke or Pop Tony just has the affinity for making the bigger play. And that's really all it is. He's shown that ever since they've both been in the league. Tony Pollard has definitely been the guy that goes off for the bigger plays, the 20-plus rod yard, yard, the 20-plus yard runs, 10-plus yard runs. Um, in this game, Tony was involved in five plays that went for 10-plus yards, three pass, two run, um, or three run, two pass, excuse me. And then he had two big 20-plus yard runs um, that gave Dallas the 17, 17 to 14 lead in that drive that gave Dallas 17 to 14 lead. Two 20-plus yard runs in that drive that really set up Dallas for success. At you know. As the game was ending, even in the even in the drive after that, where Dallas kicked the game-winning field goal, he was um, efficient in that drive too. So the final two drives, Dallas really relied on Tony, and that I mean that he was the hot hand. You got to go with who's hot, and that was Pollard for the whole game. And not to say Zeke was bad; Zeke wasn't bad against the Chargers. He wasn't. He simply was a four and a half yards of carry. You'll take that any game, any game. Um, but and I'm not sitting here arguing who's better. They both bring different things to the table. Uh, Zeke is much better pass blocker, and um, you know Zeke's got more power. I think Tony's got the ability to get a uh, get up field and make bigger plays. But you know Zeke also has you know has things he brings to the table. I'm not gonna. I don't want uh, you know Pollard back there blocking for Zeke or blocking for Dak. It's Zeke, 100%. He's by far the best pass blocker, and that's something you have to look at. And you know, in terms of explosiveness, I do think Tony has a bit more. You know, he he has obviously, as I said, he's shown that he can break off the play, the big plays more often than Zeke can, and I think he's definitely carved himself out a role in this Cowboys offense because of his ability to do that. 100, percent I think Dallas, you'll see Dallas become become more of a two headed monster in the backfield, even though they have a 90 million dollar running back back there. You got to take, you know, go with the guy that's another hot hand, and that's Tony right now. So I think he's definitely going to carve himself out in a nice role in this Cowboys offense as the season goes on. And I think Dallas is just going to continue to take what defenses give them, like they did in Week 1. Tampa Bay wasn't going to allow them to run the football. Tampa Bay was putting in six, seven, eight guys in the box. And, of course, they've got the talent on defense. So Dallas wasn't you know, going to revert back to the Jason Garrett days of running the ball for the sake of running the ball. They said, OK, we're just going to pass it. And Dallas, you know, that carved up Tampa Bay's secondary the entire game. So, and then this week, fast forward to you know, the Chargers. El, you know, Chargers are going to let Dallas run the football? Even without L. Collins? Okay, that's fine. And Dallas really ran the football the best I've seen in a long time. And having Zach Martin there was helpful. You know, of course, him being gone against Tampa Bay probably affected the run game more than it did the pass game. And, um, you know, having him back, he was it was clear. That Zach Martin is a difference maker on this offensive line just by the fact that literally every time they ran an in the inside zone, it was right behind Zach Martin, right behind him. So yeah, and it's it, he is the guy that they run behind, and not having him week one is obviously a factor in the offensive game plan as well. So you know, I, you know I'm down for it. Uh, whatever you take with the defense give you, I don't care if you run the ball 30 times a game. I don't care if you pass the ball 50 times a game. Whatever you take, you take whatever the defenses give you. The best plan. For success. And that's what happens. Look what happens. You win football games. Okay. You're not trying to pass the ball to pass the ball. You're not trying to run the ball for the sake of running the ball. You take what the defense gives you. And look what happens. You win football games. Wow. How about that? Okay. You know. You don't ever see Jason Garrett doing that. Look at the New York Giants offense They are That offense is abysmal. Trash. So, yeah. So zoom. That's what happens when you get a, you know, a competent offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. That's what happens. It's nice. It's nice. Um. We'll go back to Dak a little bit. He wasn't very overwhelming. You know, in that same talk, in that same talk about offensive game plan, Dak wasn't very overwhelming in this game. Um, he had the one bad INT on the overthrow. Not sure if that was miscommunication with the route running, but it was a bad overthrow. Um, and that was really only his bad throw of the game. Um, Dak, you know, really showed that he can stand in there and, t- and stand in the pocket and take some hits and make the throws. Um, he doesn't get skittish. You know, he's not, you know, he's sitting there, he acting like his health injury, you know, health issues, and he's not worried about that, obviously. He took some hits, stayed in the pocket. There was a drive. There was a throw um, late in the game, and Dak took a shot, but he stayed in the pocket and delivered. It was an out route to Cooper, I think, and um, he stayed in the pocket and delivered a strike, and he got hit for it, but that's what you want out of your $40 million a year quarterback. You want him to stand in the pocket and make the tough throws, and that's exactly what Dak does game in and game out, 100%. You can't, you can't, can't dispute that fact at all, or you just don't watch football. So, you know, I think the offense has done fine. I, I love their versatility, their ability to, you know, run the football when they need to, throw the football when they need to. They've displayed that in the first two weeks of the season. So it's nice to see. You know, now let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Defense played well. I liked what I saw out of them. They still, still want to limit those chunk plays, but they're still forcing turnovers. Had two interceptions in this game, four, six in two games. And where was that? Where's that been the past two or three seasons? You know, I mean, the, you, it's, it's crazy what happens when your defense can force a few turnovers. get better field position. You know, other thing, you know, just other things happen. Get your defense off the field for another thing. Get the, let them get some rest. You no, know, so they don't so not there out there for 15 play drives. You know? There's so much so many good things can happen when you force turnovers. So many good things. And just look at it. You're 1 and 1, you're not 0 oh and 2. That's a big deal. 1 and 1 compared to 0 oh 2 is night and day. I mean, you can get out, you can easily get out of a one on one hole. 0 2 is tough. Now, you know, granted, Dallas is in an easier division than other opponents, so that obviously is a factor too. But, you know, we'll take the one on one and we'll run with it. We got the Eagles next week. We're going to take them down. And uh, they're going against, you know, Jalen Hurts has looked efficient, hasn't been a world beater, but he's looked good enough um, to get the Eagles to one on one. So we'll see what happens. it be very interesting to see. Randy Gregory should be back on that defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm interested to see what this secondary can do. Trayvon Diggs looked good, looked really good week one. Um, had the great INT um, against the Chargers. But then was kind of up and down up from other parts of the game outside of that interception, Um, you know, Micah Parsons. What can we say about Micah Parsons? I mean, you put the dude anywhere you want and he's going to make plays. He was fantastic as a pass rusher. He was fantastic. He had seven pressures, one sack. Super twitchy. Very hard to get the hands on him. Um, Storm Norton, right tackle for the Chargers, struggled the whole game. The whole game. Parsons was by him in a heartbeat, and it was very difficult. You could see Parsons' hand speed is just too quick. I mean, anytime Norton would shoot his hands, and Parsons was slapping him away as quickly as he can get him up. So Parsons is not typical size you would want out of a pass rusher, but he's just so fast. That it's so hard for those big right tackles to get their hands on him that he's by you um before you can blink. And it's not like Parsons is busting on a rare moves. You know, he's not swimming, he's not spinning, not pushing and pulling. He's really just club and rip, inside, outside. That's really all it is. And he's just too fast. And that's that's basically what it is. That's just the speed. Speed kills on the edge there and Michael Parsons is peer speed. I mean look at his closing speed. I mean, there was a play at the end at that uh, weird sack call they had against uh, Justin Herbert in the red zone while the Chargers were driving. Um, Parsons Parsons's closing speed on, on that play should terrify everybody. Go if you want to go watch it. He's I mean he closes in. He closes he closes like seven yards worth of distance on just on Justin Herbert in like three seconds. I mean the dude is crazy fast when he's closing in on you, and that is scary to see if I'm an opposing quarterback. Is that large man coming in on top of me at a very fast, high rate of speed? Yep. So I mean, you, it looks like Parsons is so versatile you could play him wherever. And obviously, you don't want to put him at the D line permanently, but it worked this week. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see what you put you know, if you put him against you know a more seasoned right tackle. Maybe if Brian Balaga had been there for the Chargers. If things would have been a little bit different, maybe a little bit. Um, but I mean, it's just I mean. You know, a lot of people were freaking out that they picked him at 12. I mean, what else were you going to do? Your corners were gone. He was probably the best defensive player on the board at the time. And you took him and It's working out. It's working out. The guy is so versatile. He can play in a array of positions, all three linebacker positions. You throw him on the edge if he wants to pass rush. He is so good at what he does on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm very, very glad the Cowboys picked him now. And I wasn't upset at the time. It was I understood the Dallas needed the defensive need. He wasn't necessarily the player I wanted. I wanted a corner, but take what you can get. And if you're performing like this, at this high level, I, I'm worth the first round pick. Um, you know. And then the other linebackers in the game. You know Parsons had to move to the defensive line. That means more snaps up the grab for Jalen Smith and LVE, and they both played really well. This is probably Jalen's best game in a long time. Dude had 9-10 tackles, um, didn't miss a tackle, which is awesome. I mean, that dude is constantly missing, p- putting himself out of plays, missing tackles left and right because he doesn't know what gap to fill. But, I mean, this is a good game for Jalen. A nice little bounce back, a nice thing where well, we can see if, you know, if he gets legitimate playing time. But, of course, that is also the problem is when he does get legitimate playing time, he also makes a lot of mistakes, takes himself out of plays, does not fill the right gap, and the list goes on and on. So that's one-off game. We'll see if it continues. LVE had a really good game. He had a sack as well. Um, Those two, and if those two are out there playing good football, you can do those things with Micah Parsons. You can put him on the edge. You can bring him down to Blitzmore. You can do a lot more things with that versatility if you can rely on LVE and Jalen Smith to make plays, like you drafted them to do. Um, You know, Randy Gregory should be back next week, so that'll help out the pass rush. Uh, Like you know, we all know Demarcus Lawrence. Um, he'll be gone for another month and a half, two months. So, um, yeah, I think you know Dallas has an interesting matchup against the Eagles next week. We'll preview that later as the week goes on. I'll release another episode. Um, you gotta get, yeah, get the week of practicing. You know, DeMarcus Lawrence didn't get hurt until Wednesday last week. So, you know, you gotta gotta let the week of practice go through. Then we'll review. We'll have some more things to talk about uh, already on the in, already on the injury report for Dallas. Um, starting yesterday, Ari Cooper on there with a rib injury. Uh, Dortz Armstrong was added, Carlos Watkins was added, and Ty Nasecak was added as well. Um, all of them are listed as questionable. You know, maybe Dallas can get back Donovan, Donovan Wilson next week. He missed against the Chargers with a groin injury, so we'll see what happens there. But they're still all listed as questionable for Monday night's game against uh, Philadelphia. And um, it'll be it'll, missing Cooper will be tough, especially being already down Michael Gallup. You know, CD Lamb has looked like every bit of a number one receiver, so you know. We'll have to rely on him heavily. Cedric Wilson will get some really good work. He had a nice catch and run at the early parts of the game against the Chargers. So, you no, know, we'll have to rely on him a bit more. So, and, and I'm not worried. if Dak is the quarterback. You've got your number one receiver. Even if Cooper goes down, you've got C.D. Lamb there to step up and take that number one receiver role. Cedric Wilson is a nice piece. So, even if Cooper does have to miss the game, um, it's not the end of the world. Um, it's you know, Philly's secondary might be a little bit um. No vulnerable. I know they got Darius Slay, and he would probably be on C.D. Lamb if Cooper is not playing. But other than that, I think there's guys that can make some plays. And Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin, they've got a good tight end room. They've got guys out of the backfield. Zeke and Tony can both catch out of the backfield. So Dallas still has other weapons to go to if Cooper is not able to go next Monday. But that, that's, you know, six days away. So we'll see. Got a long week ahead of us of football. I'm sure Dallas is going to be very cautious with Cooper and see where he goes. But we all know Cooper is super tough. He's played through injuries before. It wouldn't surprise me if he plays a little banged up. Not going to surprise me at all. Um, Moving on to um, some other NFL games that interested me this week. You know, last night, Green Bay bounced back. If you thought Green Bay wasn't going to bounce back, if you thought Aaron was going to come out and do the same thing he did this week like he did last week, you're wrong. You don't know Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, he came out. And he went 22 for 27, uh, 255 yards, and four touchdowns. And Green Bay wins that game 35-17. Was not worried about what I saw out of Aaron last week. For the fantasy team, maybe a little bit. Still got the win last week, but that one point was problematic. And this week gave me 25. So the bounce back was needed, and it was was going to happen. No one, I, I was not worried about Aaron Rodgers having a down season after what he did last year. Was not worried about it. Even though he's a petty asshole, wasn't you know, the rumors started flying he's gonna sabotage Green Bay season. Didn't think that was actually true, even though he is a dick. But did well for the fantasy squad. Got me the dub I needed last night. And um, yes, and I appreciate the support for sweaty balls, Aaron. I really appreciate it. And uh, moving on to the Carolina New Orleans game. Um, Jameis gonna Jameis. Yep. Jameis gonna Jameis and this is kind of the same thing if you thought you weren't gonna see the other side of Jameis some point this season then you probably were wrong on that aspect too because Jameis gonna show you the good stuff and then he's gonna come back the next week and then show you the bad stuff and if you're really lucky he'll show you the good and the bad all in one game and this was just bad out of Jameis um 11 for 22 122 yards two interceptions and it's literally a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde compared. I mean, the dude will show you the light and then he'll show you the darkness. That's It's like a flip. Literally a flip of a switch. So yeah, that's what we get out of Jameis. And, you know, and I think that's what's gonna happen season long. And we're gonna see great things out of him. And then it's just we're going to see the poor decision making just flood onto the field. And that's that's gonna be the season long. So I think eventually I think after, I think it's probably going to be a one. Unless we see some legitimate improvement out of Jameis under Sean Payton, it's probably going to be a one-year deal in New Orleans. Probably going to be a one-year deal. Um, I don't. I just don't think Sean Payton can handle the quarterback play that Jameis brings to the table. Just the inconsistencies the inconsistencies he has throughout his throughout his play. If you want to flip the other side of the ball, Sam Darnold. Um, on the for Carolina, uh, he's looked good. He's looked great their first two games. You know, he was 26 for 38, 305 yards, two TDs, and in INT, winning that game 26 to seven against New Orleans. Just furthering the truth that the Jets organization is a black hole. And speaking of the Jets, hmm, yes, uh, their first round uh, quarterback pick Zach Wilson um, threw three interceptions in his first five pass attempts. That's nice. It's good. You love to see that. You know, love to see that of your rookie quarterback. Four interceptions total on the day. He was the first player to throw three interceptions in his first five attempts since 1991. Just Jets things. You know how it goes. New York Jets, going to New York Jet. Losing that game 25-6 to against New England. Um, Now, moving on to Washington and New York. That game took place on Thursday. Taylor Heineke, can he really be a season-long replacement? He Anytime that man's come on the field, he's, like, looked pretty good. Pretty small sample size, but he's looked pretty good. And I'm kind of impressed by just his ability to go out there and seemingly make NFL throws after being in the XFL. It's it's impressive. Now, can he do it for a whole season? Not real sure. I'm not real sure. Um, but he was 34 for 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns, an interception against the Giants. Washington won that game after New York. Was lined up offsides on the game-winning field goal. Washington missed it. New York would have won the game. But the offsides penalty gives gives Washington another chance. And of course, they make it on the second chance. You give a kicker two shots, he's going to usually make it on the second one. Rarely does a kicker miss on his second opportunity. And once again, football all around New York, just garbage. You're sad. You're sad. Anyway... That's about it for the point. We'll have a re- will have a preview of Week Three coming out later this week, maybe Friday or Saturday. Um, we may talk about the Thursday night game a little bit on that pod as well, because it won't come out before that. Um, probably Friday or Saturday. Be looking for that next episode there. Um, once again, this is the point. Thanks for liking and sharing, and I'll see y'all next time.